Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is a reaction episode of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and I'm joined by Michael Katz, who was at the closed scrimmage today. He's got all the info, all the deets. He is from the Daily Journal in Tupelo. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. I'm finally cooled down. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm just there. I don't know if we ever cool down here in Central Florida, but, you know, it's just I grew up in South Mississippi, so it's not too much of a culture shock. Yeah, I, I went home to Los Angeles for a couple of weeks and uh, it's just it's it's it's, it's been a, a little uh, it's, it's a little bit been a little bit different coming back. I bet it has. I bet it has. Um, before we get started on the scrimmage, Lane Kiffin did a thing where I guess it was to, prom- I don't know, advocate for minorities and um, coaching by promoting Derek Nix for a day to head coach. So he got to run the scrimmage. He said there are no African-American, no minority haired coaches in the Big 12 and the SEC. And as far as I know, I think Mel Tucker might be the only one in the Big 10. Um, But that is pretty cool. Derek Nix, as everybody knows, has been at Ole Miss since basically the dawn of time. And he is basically a family member at this point. So it's, it's really cool to see. Derek getting a little bit of the credit he deserves. I think uh, we didn't find out that there was going to be a scrimmage until uh, yesterday afternoon. And then like uh, during the evening, we found out what time it was going to be. And there was just like this little note at the bottom that said, uh, Derek Nix is going to be the head coach and Lane will be the wide receivers coach. And we are all like, okay, like what's, what's going on here. And we watched it happen today. And, and we, we got into the interview room and uh, Lane came up and, and he wanted to keep it quick because he wanted Derek to, to take, the questions because that's what head coaches do uh, but he, he kind of explained himself and basically he said you know in this profession uh, minorities don't get the opportunities that that they should and, and Derek Nix has been a guy who uh, has paid his more than his dues I mean he is he's been around and he's had opportunities uh, at other places and uh, you know Lane just thought it was a, a cool thing to, to give him the chance to to manage a team for 24 hours to see what it's like to lead the team speech, to, to go over game plans, to go over injury reports, to you know eat the team meal with players, to, to, to lose sleep the night before. Nick said uh, he woke up at 3 a.m. in like a cold sweat and he had to remind himself that it was only a scrimmage. Uh, it was, you know, he doesn't get to experience those sorts of things. And so uh, it was really, it was, it was really cool from that perspective. And, and Lane's bigger message there was, uh, you know, there's a problem when, when there's no, um, you know, a lack of minority coaches in, in two of the biggest conferences in this part of the country, the SEC and the Big 12. Yeah, it absolutely is. But the one thing that did happen also is there was a scrimmage. And I've seen some numbers that have floated out. Nothing is official. Nobody's probably keeping stats out there. So it's probably everybody kind of charting themselves. But apparently Jackson Dart had a decent day, but the defense – kind of showed out talk a little bit about that unit Pete Golding and all of them yeah this was really the first time and again like we we see portions of practice but we don't see a ton of of the scrimmaging stuff this was the first real time we we've seen it extensively and uh I mean there's no there's no question the defense was the story in a good way uh it's been a story in the bad way uh previously in previous uh iterations of of the Ole Miss defense you know last year and and whatnot. And this year there was some, you know, I think there's there is a little bit of a learning curve uh, to it with it being a new scheme and all these new guys. But I mean, today they, you know, none of the quarterbacks I would say had a, a great day. You know, Jackson Dart's first 
drive was a pick in the end zone. Then Spencer Sanders had a safety. Uh, he threw a pick as well. You know, they both guys rallied fairly well, but, um, you know, not a ton of explosive plays offensively, not a ton of running room for any of the backs. Um, and the defense was getting constant pressure. Uh, Cedric Johnson and, and Ivy, uh, those guys were living in, in, in the backfield. And I think that's a really good sign for, for Ole Miss. You know, you, you know that they're going to score points. That's that's not going to be a problem. It's just what are you going to get from that defense? And if any, if today's any indication, it's, it's definitely on the right track. Yeah, we were worried about basically where the defense would be in the transition and all of that stuff coming into the first scrimmage. And, and it is good to see that progress has been made since the spring, even though I realized in the spring game it was like three defensive calls, and it's not really this. That was kind of a mess to begin with. But progress was made. Now, a little bit of a bad news. It looks like Corey Coleman has been suspended from team activities. Yeah, and this was, um, you know, this was something that we all kind of, for the most part, found out about at the same time. Like we, we didn't ask. Uh, I think some people had asked privately, and and Lane wanted to get in front of it because he didn't want us to have to ask Derek Nix because that shouldn't really be Nix's job. Uh, even though he's the head coach for the day, this is not really his matter uh, to deal with. But um, he, he his basic message was that Coleman is not doing team activities right now. And as, as things are, uh, when they're disciplinary, they handle them internally. And they're, you know, the, the coach speak, they're waiting for all of the all the information and all that stuff. Um, I, I I don't know how long it's going to be. Um, you know, they're, they're lucky that they, they brought in some some new guys at, at that spot because, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think he's a guy that I thought had a lot of potential in, in this scheme. I thought, you know, he was hurt last year, but, man, when he's healthy, I, I thought he was he was really, really good. He made an impact. And, uh, you know, so if, if they are without him for, for a period of time, I think they're in a pretty good spot. But, uh, it all kind of remains to be seen how how long it's going to be for. Do we know when the incident happened? Um, I I think it's pretty recently because he he's 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 been at practice. Uh, I, this is the first time I I haven't noticed him. Okay, um, because the reason I asked that is because of Darius Tennyson being moved down to linebacker a couple of days ago. I, I wonder if maybe that was there was something to that. Yeah, no, and and I th I think and we kind of learned this today is there's so much mixing and matching right now with this defense is trying to figure out which formations for what and which guys fit where and you know and Golding said it uh, I guess it was yesterday that you know like they don't go into a game like we are only going we are a four three team that's all we do or we're a three four team that's all we do they're gonna change it based on what they get and they're they're trying to find out what they have with all the different parts so. Uh, but I, Tennyson, I, you know, I, I, me and Nick Suss used to joke that he was their best linebacker last year. Uh, so man, he, he, he's, I know he's a little guy, but, but he, he, he can hit and he makes plays in the backfield. So um, again, I, I think it's Golding is, is a smart guy. He's going to put guys in a position to, to where they're going to thrive. Yes. And what about the other linebacker? Was Suntarian Perkins? How did, how did he look? You look good. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's again, it's there's so much rotating. It's hard to say, like, what are ones and what are twos. But um, he got meaningful reps, I guess, would be the best way to say it with a group that looks like it's going to be some concoction of uh, guys you know, starting guys. Uh, he just does not look like a, a teenager. Uh, he's he's big and strong. You know that you look at him, you're like, oh, my, I can't believe this guy was playing high school football a, a year ago. Uh, and you, you can tell that he was a man among boys just with the way that he does this in college. I mean, he's, he's smooth. 
he's sideline to sideline. Guys love his energy. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's if he's going to be a superstar right away, but I don't think there's any doubt that that everybody believes that he's going to be a star. And and he he and Aiden Williams have really been the talk of camp. Yes, you, you bring up Aiden Williams and in his first scrimmage action, his first preseason game. How did Aiden look? Um, you know, he wasn't targeted a ton. Again, there's a lot of rotating parts and new quarterbacks and quarterbacks coming in and out. But uh, he did catch a really nice deep ball. I think it was right as we were just mentioning how he hadn't been targeted at all. He catches just this gorgeous deep ball down the sideline. He's he's going to be a good one, man. Again, it's, you know, wide receivers, that transition can be hard uh, for true freshmen. And, it's, you know, we, we see every year some guys look great in camp and then it doesn't happen in games but it's the, the, the there's no way this guy isn't on the field for meaningful snaps this year he's he is too good to keep off the field he's he again another guy that just looks like he has been in college for years you know this is just something that i was thinking of but um it may not be true may not even be an option but aiden williams emergence has made it to where when zakari franklin gets healthy Maybe he goes into the slot with Jordan Watkins. Maybe that maybe that luxury is being afforded to this offense. Yeah, I mean they, they, they it's you never want to have Franklin in non-contact. You you would obviously like, especially since you didn't have him for the spring. You'd love to have him doing his thing. But I mean, the more meaningful reps you can give to the kid, and you know, Zakari Franklin knows how to play college football. He's been doing it for a while. He has thrived. I know it was the Sun Belt, but. You don't just catch 15 touchdowns. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem for him learning the ins and outs of what Ole Miss is doing. Conditioning, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he's he's going to figure it out. But if, if you get him going, and you've already got Aiden Williams going, and you've got Trey Harris, who has looked like a monster as well, and Watkins, who's been uh, non-contact as well for the last couple of days, but I don't think it's anything super big. I mean, you've got some really, really good options of guys that can do a lot of different things. It's uh, – uh, the, 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 whoever the quarterback is, I think is going to be very, very happy. All right, let's look at the tight end position because last year, after Michael Trigg got injured, and and he was not, he was not what Ole Miss was used to at the tight end position. I'll put that, um, re, put it like that. So this year, Casey Ke last year Casey Kelly was having to take snaps that he probably didn't need to take um, because of injury and other things that happened. But so this year, Ole Miss went out and got Caden Priestcorn to try and take a little bit of stress off of Michael Trigg. They've built freshmen up behind Michael Trigg in the tight end room, and it looks like Hudson Wolf is getting some reps as well. Talk about that room a little bit, if you would. Yeah, Hudson Wolf is it was 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 seen a, a lot of time today, as was Kyron Heath. Those have been guys that have, have seen a lot of work. Uh, you know, Trigg is has has been in and out from what rotation. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, he was, you know, he, he's, he's, he's had his, his, his things going on. It hasn't always been perfect for him. Again, I think we all thought it was going to be a home run when, when he came in because the talent is insane. But, uh, you know, I don't think I saw him get any, I guess, quote unquote, first team reps today. It was all the other guys. And, and he was kind of, uh, you know, with, with some of those more developmental guys, but I think when it comes time for, you know, you can't keep talent out of games. Uh, but man, Prescorn is that guy's going to be really, really good. He is the perfect tight end for what they want to do, just in terms of uh, basically an extra lineman. And then you've you've got a guy who is also one of the is one of the best pass catchers in the AAC last year. And then really, um, um, Hudson Wolf is a guy who was super highly touted, and he's just been hurt 
you look at him and you're like, this guy should be amazing. He, he looks he looks like a college tight end is supposed to look. Um, and, and he he looked good today too. And Kyron Heath, uh, he's bulked up. You know, last year kind of looked like a big wide receiver. Uh, this year he, he 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 looks like he looks like an SEC tight end. And again, I, I think with the way that they with how fast they go, the more guys you can have at a certain spot, the better they're going to feel. And when you've got three or four guys at tight end, and maybe you can put a bunch of them on the field at the same time and really, you know, screw with defenses. Uh, you, you Again, I feel like Ole Miss has a lot of good problems to have right now. Yeah, I, I was sitting here on my show and I was talking about it. It's like, you know, this team might go seven and five. I'm not saying this team's going to win 10 games or anything like that. But as far as potential, as far as talent goes, this is probably the most talented Ole Miss football team in my lifetime. No, I mean, yeah, that's it's. I've I've told people like this team is going to be a lot better than last year's, and it just might not matter on the score sheet because the schedule is just insane. Uh, if if this team had last year's schedule, I think that's an easy like ten win team. I just think this team is so much better. Uh, they're more complete. They've got. You know, they've worked so hard to build up line depth on, on both sides, and, and they did that again this offseason in the transfer portal. Obviously, a new scheme on defense. Uh, Golding's a guy who, uh, you know, has had really good success pretty much everywhere he's been. People trust him. People really, really like his scheme. And and, and they've, I mean, players and, and everybody have just spoken glowingly about his football brain and just the way that he sees things. Um, and then, of course, you know, bringing in, more skill guys, you know, when you lose Mingo and you lose uh, Malik Heath, you know, two 800, 900-yard guys, and then you bring in two first-team all-conference guys uh, from another 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 conference, uh, you know, you, you, you replenish, and in some ways you get better because uh, now you have those other wide receivers who, you know, maybe would have been pushed into bigger roles. Uh, now they can kind of exist the way that they kind of did and, and maybe step up and uh, it's, 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 uh, it, I think this team is, it's like you said, I, I, you know, I've only been here a couple of years. I don't know how, if I can say, it, uh, you know, talent in terms of, uh, the grand scheme of, of years, but, uh, this is the most talented team since I've been here. And, you know, that Matt Corral led team, my, my first year here was pretty darn good, but, uh, this team, I, I don't think there's any question that it has more depth and talent top to bottom. And like, did Jackson Dart just get less reps? Did Quinshawn get less reps just because it was like the first preseason game? Yeah, so Dart didn't play, uh, I guess, the, the second half is what you would call it. And, and Judkins was kind of in and out. He was, I think he was supposed to be like, don't tackle him. Uh, he, was, he wasn't wearing like a no contact thing, but I think that was like the unwritten rule. Like, you did just please don't. Um, uh, the, uh, Kedrick Riscano was getting tackled every time. I'm not sure what that was about. Uh, maybe it was like an only tackle to Kedrick Riscano day. Um, but um, no, it was, it was, you know, Dart just, he didn't play that second half. Uh, it was mostly Simmons and, and, and Walker Howard. There was a little bit of Spencer Sanders. I think he got two or three drives in there and, and he, they, he looked pretty good in there. Uh, you know, they, they know, I, I think they know what they have in Dart. Like they don't need to see him, you know, if they didn't, if, if they saw what they need to see in that first half, why throw him back out there? He's, He's already started 12 games for you. So, uh, and then with Judkins, same thing. You know, we just saw, uh, was it Florida where they're starting defensive end towards ACL, like celebrating? Like, you just cannot lose guys when you in the dump. You like, just if, if you can keep them out, 
don't do it. And so, you know, I think they just wanted to make sure that they, you know, they, they knew what they were doing and they were up to snuff. But uh, those are two guys I don't think they worry about, you know, being ready. What do you think the next goal and this next segment of fall camp is going to be for this team? I mean, I, it's crazy because I never thought it would be like the offense needs to get better, but the offense really didn't look good today. Um, you know, it's it, it was it was kind of eh. Uh, I, I know that uh, you know points were scored, but it was a lot of mixing and matching. But when the aces went against the aces, the defense had a really looked really really good. And again, I think it's a good problem for Ole Miss to have. Because uh, when it comes time for the season, I don't think you worry about uh, the offense, you know, doing what it needs to do. But um, you know, I think you'd probably like to see a little bit more consistency. And you know, I I don't know when this quarterback thing gets solved. It would be easier for everybody if it if it was just uh, officially answered and and we knew how reps were being divided and why. Um, it's never that easy though. Um, so I don't I don't think we're going to get that direct answer uh, for a little bit. But yeah, I think it's consistency and, and, you know, they have to get guys healthy because you need walk-ins to get those reps. You need Zakari Franklin to get those reps. Uh, even if it's just for, you know, just a few practices, I think you need to get them live speed to make sure everyone's on the same page. You know, I think the defense, you'd love to see them have that consistency that they had today. Again, like you, as much as you want the offense to thrive next week, you don't want the defense to be just absolutely struggling because it means you've taken a step back. So um, I think I think it's 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 for the defense holding that consistency that they had today in the offense. It's it's kind of finding it. And one more thing before I let you go, um, with the Derek Nick situation and all that happened, and that's a real thing that needed to be advocated. And Lane Kiffin was right for doing it, but he's also kind of a genius because not one question was asked about the scrimmage. I, you know, it, it this is uh, this is kind of what happened at media days too, right? Where um, he, he, he kind of got out in front of the, the NIL uh, transfer portal thing, and everybody wanted to talk about that and because that, not everybody does. And when Lane says something, it's usually pretty it's pretty good. And then they ask so many questions about that that you forget that there's like a team to talk about and that there were things going on. I think it was, you know, obviously, uh, I'm not going to say there was an agenda or anything like that, but, you know, and it was a really meaningful thing that happened there today um, with, with Knicks, and it was an opportunity mm -hmm. that that did feel genuine. Uh, but I think when uh, it doesn't hurt when you know it maybe wasn't the cleanest scrimmage of your life uh, that you have something that can kind of take the attention away, and then uh, by the end everybody's forgotten that we just spent you know two hours out there sweating, uh, sweating our asses off. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Every day or is tomorrow, David Eckert um, from the Clarion Ledger. Um, that interview was actually recorded on Thursday, so he will not be talking about this scrimmage, but he'll be on this show as well. Thank you very much, Michael, for coming on board, and I hope we can do this again this year, man. Absolutely, man. Just let me know. All right, man.